Hi, I'm Vicki Vincent, Director of Alumni Relations for Darlington School. Welcome to the Darlington Podcast. Today, we delve into the stories and experiences of three esteemed former faculty members, Jack Somerbell, Rick Bice, and Nancy Ivester. These Darlington legendary teachers left an indelible mark on the lives of countless Darlington students. Welcome to the Darlington Podcast, a production of Darlington School in Rome, Georgia. Join us as we take a look inside and outside our classrooms and connect with students, teachers, alumni, and more. Thank you for joining us, Jack, Rick, and Nancy. How are y'all today? Doing fine. We're doing very well. Great, great. Um, First question of the day, could you share with us a little about your journey as a faculty member at Darlington School? How'd you get to Darlington? How long did you teach here? Um, Jack, you want to get us started? Well, I came in the fall of 1959. A professor I had at Northwestern uh, had taught at Macaulay, and I was looking for a place to spend one year before going on for a doctorate. And he suggested to come down to uh, Macaulay or Darlington. And Darlington had a vacancy and, and uh, it took me. And, uh, and then I spent the next 40 years here at Darlington. And uh, the first year was a learning year for me. But uh, Robert and Rose Cobb took me under their wings as did John and Gladys Cunningham. And I found a sense of community and I enjoyed teaching. I learned my trade that first year. And uh, I, instead of staying one year, I stayed 40. So wow. it, it, uh, it, had, it had an effect on me. <laughs> That's awesome. But I was with a lot of giants in the, in the teaching business, and Phil Hamm and Hugh Merson and uh, Ralph Dormany and many others that taught me what it was like to be a teacher. So I, I learned to enjoy that. Very yeah. good. What subjects did you teach? I taught history. history. All, all, all subjects of history, American history mainly. Yeah. Very good. Very good. How about you, Rick? Well, I grew up in Chattanooga <coughs> and went to Macaulay School. There's mm-hmm. Macaulay Connection. And one of the English teachers at Macaulay two years before I graduated, left Macaulay, came to Darlington, um, Gordon Bondurant, and eventually became president of the school. So when I graduated from college, I uh, applied down here and knew Mr. Bondurant and uh, got a job here and uh, spent 40 wonderful years teaching here. Um, I started out with um, uh, chemistry and physics and eventually moved over into the technology area and uh, was technology coordinator for a number of years and uh, finished out uh, my 40 years of classroom teaching and traveled with the development group and uh, got to uh, go back and, and revisit some of my old students, which was one of the most enjoyable things I've ever done. So uh, I was here 45 years in all and it was a wonderful run. Yeah, we loved having you in advancement. It was it was a great, great opportunity for us to reconnect with people who we had not reconnected with. So very cool. Nancy, how about your story? Well, mine's different. <laughs> I was so lucky. We had um, lived in California and moved back to Rome and put our oldest child at Darlington. And I was sitting at 
football practice with Darlington people and watching them practice. And then one day, a few weeks later, Jim Van Ness called me and said, we need an English teacher. Lola Bradshaw said you're an English teacher. And at the time I was at Barry getting my master's. I had taught five years in public schools and we moved around quite a bit. So I took a 15 year break with the kids. And I was ready to go back to teaching, but I wanted to finish my master's at Barry first. I was halfway through when he called. So I said, well, I hadn't planned to start working now, but I'll come talk to you. So I did and I got excited about it. And then I went up to talk to Jim McCauley, and next thing I knew, I was teaching and going to graduate school, and it had been quite a few years since I taught, so I had a lot of good help from people like Lola Bradshaw, Beth Harrison, uh, of course, Jim Van Ness was wonderful, and uh, just all the teachers in the middle school were very helpful. Hardly ever did anybody leave in those days. We had a faculty that just stayed forever. And John Mackersy had decided he wanted to try insurance. <laughs> so he left. Later he came back to teaching, but it was his job that I took. Very cool. Very cool. How many years? I taught here 25 years in public school, five years. Wow. wow. And my son's teaching. He's already taught longer than I did. He's taught uh, 27 already here. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. It's a great story. Great story. Okay, can you all share with me a little bit about um, maybe uh, something unique at Darlington and um, that maybe shaped your teaching philosophy? You touched on some of your mentors, but was there something unique about Darlington that shaped the way you taught, especially you, Nancy, since you came from a public school background? Mm -hmm. Well, there are traditions here, for one thing. You immediately connect with that. And then uh, I didn't have any family who had gone to Darlington like a lot of other teachers, but it's, it's just a very unique place to teach. First, it's beautiful to enter the campus. I loved coming to work every day that I taught school. And uh, we had a lot of freedom in teaching compared to public schools. That's the thing I noticed. You, you had the ability to do pretty much what you wanted to do. And I suppose if we did something we weren't supposed to do, we would have been reprimanded for it. But we didn't have to be on a certain page a certain day, like in public school, you, you had to be a certain place. If somebody walked in the room, you had to be in a certain line of that lesson plan. And uh, we had great students, great parents, and of course Rick and uh, Jack were in upper school. I was in middle school. So we had a lot more connection with parents probably than they did because middle school is that age, you know. <laughs> a lot going on there. But uh, that that's the thing I saw that was different with teaching is having all the traditions and having um, flexibility in teaching. Yeah. And we had Jim Van Ness in the middle school and he had your back all the time, so yeah. you never had to worry about anything. Well, Rick and Jack, y'all started your careers in teaching here, right. so, right. Um, but you had mentioned you did not think you were going to be a teacher for the long haul. Not not uh, at this level, I was hoping that. <laughs> I thought maybe I'd go, as many start here, you know, for one year and then they go for their doctorate. But uh, somewhere I just stayed right here, and uh, I'm glad I did, because there is a there is a sense of community here that you're not going to find other places. And Nancy's right. You had I never felt that I couldn't teach what I wanted to teach. There was a, there was freedom. I didn't feel that I was tied to the book, and I met some wonderful teaching characters with me. Bruce Birch comes mm -hmm. to mind very quickly. <laughs> George Dorsey, but uh, 
but you had that sense of freedom, and uh, that that's worth that's worth a great deal. Okay. How about you, Rick? I know you you said that you started in science and then you migrated to IT, and so your your uh, teaching varied through the years. Right. That was well, that was one of the things that I really enjoyed about Darlington. Was one I'll uh, second or third whatever they've said because we were given guidelines, but yet we were very flexible in the classroom. We could move in a direction. We didn't have to be on a certain page at, at a certain day, um, which, which made for a much better classroom you know, situation. And the students liked it as well. They could, you know, they, there was just more freedom to, to move and do what you want within guidelines. Um, and there was a tremendous sense of community, I know, Jack, you mentioned uh, John Cunningham. John and Gladys mm -hmm. took me under their wing when I came, and uh, uh, it, it was a wonderful time to be with everybody. I love that. I love that. Well, let me ask you this question. I want you all to share um, a story or a memorable experience or a little anecdote about what your time at Darlington that encapsulates the essence of the school. So you got a great little tale you want to tell now the statue of limitations has passed. <laughs> you, you can share whatever you'd like. I don't have any one anecdote that I can zero in on, but I had... But what I do remember, and, and I hold close, is I, I see alums all the time, and they talk about their experiences going through Darlington, the little events, little things you wouldn't even think about that stay in their minds, and how it shaped their future. And uh, I've always, uh, and, and the pride they have in being a Darlington alum, and uh, I, I enjoy that because it brings back to me memories of things that they that they talk about. But my greatest thrill is to be with alums who have become a success in life, part partly and in a large way because of Darlington. So I don't have one anecdote, but that that's the essence of Darlington is in the alums. Yeah, that's where I find. Well, it. you you're also memorialized. Uh, as a Somerville house is oh, named Somerville. after you. And so you're legendary to a whole new generation of students who don't even know you personally. And um, it, that's kind of a cool thing to, to have as a legacy. Well, they have to learn to write that, do all those loops in the word Somerville when they do that. <laughs> they won't forget that. <laughs> How about you, Nancy? You got a great uh, little well, story? Yeah. Um, first, I'll say I see Jack and Rick all the time because Darlington retired teachers get together once a month, and we have lunch the first Monday of every month, and it's fun to connect with them, and we hear stories of alumni, and we talk about it, and I ran into one as I was leaving our luncheon last month. I won't say his name, but he was leaving Longhorns, and I spoke to him, and I told him how proud I was of him, because he was one of the most hyperactive kids we had in the middle school <laughs> at the time, and you know, sometimes people think hyperactivity, they'll never do anything. And he's one of the most successful people because he can multitask. He can do five or six things at one time. And that's where the hyperactivity comes in handy. And I told him, I said, nobody would ever believe you could do all you're doing right now. And he said, I know if I was hyperactive, nobody thought we could do anything. So it's great to see them on podcasts yeah. and Facebook. That's about the only reason I get ever on Facebook, see their families and all the things they're doing and how successful they are. But one little anecdote I'll say, Gordon Neville, 
he's an institution, and when I, I still sub some at the middle school, and when I sub and tell them I know Jack Summer, Powell, and Gordon, I knew Gordon Neville, they can't believe it, you know. <laughs> I guess they think you're 200, you know. But uh, anyway, Gordon was, he taught all the young men to be gentlemen. That was a big thing with him. So if somebody rushed in front of me as I was entering my classroom, he would pull them out. And he'd say, now, Miss Ivester is going in, and you hold the door open for her, and you be a gentleman. And they'd always say, yes, sir. And he just did that all day, every day, just in his little quiet, subtle way. And I think the boys learned a lot from him. Well, the girls did, too. But especially he worked on the boys, making them fine young men. That's great. I love that. And he was a true Southern gentleman, mm -hmm. no doubt about it. No but when we say it. we had flexibility, another thing I have to tell on Bruce Birch, Jack mentioned him. One day he came in the teacher's lounge and he said, well, I gave the test back and Ann Vick said, Mr. Birch, you just go in the teacher's lounge and relax. I'll go to the test with the class. <laughs> <laughs> and she could. She was a take charge person. <laughs> so we left for a few minutes, then he went back in. But that you couldn't do that in public school. You know, it's just so, such a different place. I love it. Well, one of the, the things that comes to mind for me is that uh, Darlington allowed. Um, there were so many different types of teachers mm -hmm. here, from so many different personalities and so many different backgrounds that students invariably could connect with somebody. Mm -hmm. And what, what really surprised and made me happy was when I would see a, a football player also start uh, get a starting role in a play somewhere, or, or see a cross country runner join the chorus. And, and just the multi thing, the many, many things that they would do uh, there were so different activities that there was something for everybody here. Yeah. And that's what I enjoyed. Yeah. And maybe in a larger school, they couldn't have done all right. those things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you're right about that. I think you're right about that. Well, um, let's see. One last little, little question here. Um, tell me, if you don't mind, as a former faculty member, what kind of advice would you give our current mm. teachers or those young alums out there thinking about stepping into the teaching world. I know things have changed, but you've shared some, you know, heartfelt memories of these long careers. I know none of y'all are multimillionaires, so and I don't think you did it for the money. So can you, you have anything you want to share with uh, somebody who's thinking about getting into education or those current faculty members here at Darlington? Well, one thing that I learned is that the reward is a long way off. <laughs> that you know you're working with young people and just almost like being a parent it's it you know your your children don't come to you the next day after you've had some sort of issue with them and say thank you a lot I appreciate that um, the, the reward comes way down the road and I'll give you just one quick thing that happened with me I happened to run into a former student of mine downtown one afternoon I was in a, a store there, struck up a conversation with him and just talked, you know, how are you doing, that sort of stuff. And he knew that I had just retired and asked me what I was doing with some of my time. And he said, well, why don't you come to a Rotary meeting and, and just see what's going on with the Rotary group? So the next Thursday I went to a Rotary meeting and I think that's even helped me change my life for the better. Um, so the reward that comes, you know, is a two-way street. Um, but it's been very good for me. Cool. 
One thing I see is in talking to teachers, I'm, next year I'll be president of the Floyd Rome Retired Educators Association. So I am friends with teachers from the city and the county and a lot other states. And so many teachers are leaving the teaching profession. And the main reason they say they're leaving is the kids don't have any respect for them. The way they talk to them, we never had that problem, never. We didn't have to, you know, we had great parents and they were paying money to send their kids here and they wanted them to do well. So that was such a help to us as teachers. We didn't have to deal with a lot of the discipline problems we might've had to deal with in public schools where kids didn't want to be in school in the first place and we're just maybe waiting until they were 16 to quit. <clears throat> so, and having those parents back in, like I said, I had Jim Van Ness back in me. So, that was that was a great situation there. Jack, any words of wisdom? Yeah, I, my advice to, to new teachers would be, be enthusiastic when you go into that classroom and take charge and know your subject and make it clear to the students what you expect of them, because if you, if you tell them, if it's obvious to them what they're expected to do, most of them will do that. And it's, it's not a buddy-buddy situation, but it's, it's, they're in there to learn, and it's your position to teach. And uh, if you do that, you'll be successful. Very good. Very good. Well, you all obviously um, impacted a lot of people's lives, a lot of alumni, and uh, your names come up as uh, what we call legends of Darlington. So uh, for that, I want to thank you on behalf of the school and on behalf of, of um, all of our alums and, and actually on behalf of the current faculty here that hears your names and um, sees the example that y'all set in the foundation that you laid here at Darlington. Um, I want to thank uh, Jack, Rick, and Nancy for sharing their insights and experiences with us today. It's truly been inspiring to hear about your journey at Darlington School, and um, I appreciate you taking the time to be with us today. We're glad you turned into the, this episode of the Darlington Podcast. Tune in each week wherever you like to listen to podcasts, and don't forget to subscribe. You can check out today's show notes at www.darlingtonschool.org slash podcast. And if you have any questions about today's program or ideas for future episodes, send an email to communications at darlingtonschool.org. The Darlington Podcast, a production of Darlington School in Rome, Georgia, is a collaboration between the communication, advancement, and IT teams and the intro music is alumni produced. See show notes and hear more episodes at www.darlingtonschool.org slash podcast.